0: My name is Simon,
1: Cullin. and my name is Jeff Conrad.
0: So, Jeff, today we're going to talk about something that I know that you are a huge fan, right?
1: Like everything we've discussed. <laughs>
0: Full Alchemist Brotherhood.
1: Full Alchemist or Full Metal Full Alchemist? I heard Full Metal Alchemist.
0: That's because that's what I said. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so oh. I guess we're both fans of this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> off, off to a good start. I actually am. I actually, this is the first anime I watched, mm-hmm. and it is the wrong first anime to watch because it is the best anime. You can eh, fight me on this. I it, would
1: argue against that.
0: What would you say is the best anime? Uh,
1: Mushishi is pretty great. Kino's Journey also. Have,
0: have you? These heard, are things that heard, I
1: cite constantly. Have you
0: watched? full metal alchemist i
1: have repeatedly seen one episode
0: what is wrong with you well the dog
1: episode was the only episode adult swim airs i guess
0: my brother has given me what his favorite anime is i think which is hanasaku iroha uh which is a japanese anime about a little girl who goes live with her grandmother
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are there are those slice of life anime
0: so there's, okay, so I would say it's like the best of its, definitely the best of its variety of this like post-industrial revolution kind of anime is very kind of violent and ex- existential almost. As
1: opposed to pre-industrial revolution anime?
0: Oh man, what's that, what's that anime about the two shoguns and the, and the woman who's looking for the, the... Uh, Samurai sorry, shoguns. Yeah, thank you for Cronin. It's so not there on show. what you're looking downstairs. for. That's right. Well, you know, at least it's a Japanese class that I got. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that is that is like what I would I would depict as like probably one of the better like pre or ancient world. Oh, ancient, okay. I see what you're getting at. Yeah, like, and it's like a lot of like it's like the slice of life. It's like they're all like social situations. It's not mm-hmm. like the hero's journey kind of idea right yeah that's what i'm thinking mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. and and i think film Alchemist, more than any other anime appeals to both eastern and western audiences
1: probably of what i've seen yeah
0: hey, that's the biggest problem with japanese cinema is that it is very Japanese. Boring. what'd you say it is
1: very japanese
0: yeah it, it's boring to anyone who has like who's used to like western level, explosions uh, explosions all of the time no 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 it's not explosions all that but but levels of
1: emotions emotive people
0: yeah we i would actually say we went through like a like that gothic period and i say that that really made an impression on american literature Mm -hmm. we're like we look for just to move things along like right even in like now, that I think that even our like poetry and stuff like that, we still we have very responsive, very active poetry that comes out of America. It's yeah, not we slow, don't it's not discuss
1: methodical. a mountain in three lines.
0: Yeah, that's not that really isn't us. Oh my gosh, that really isn't American. And I think like all of like the people I'm thinking of that are like I hate them because they're so slow. They're always foreign. <laughs> like even oh, that's like,
1: great. Simon hates um, foreigners.
0: Well, I don't. I don't hate foreigners. I just. I just. Don't like foreign literature. Like uh, pictures of Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde. He's he's an English, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Are we pivoting our podcast to uh, literature, or we're not? I just
0: I should skip that. But he is someone I find intolerably uh uh uh. uh, What's the word for someone who talks a whole bunch? Verbose. There you go. Intolerably verbose. Mm -hmm. And we can get started. So I do very much like. Uh, Chinese art, uh, like visual art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cool thing about this anime is that it tries to be very relatable to modern science. The The original writer of it saw the Philosopher's Stone and the whole mm-hmm. alchemy, which is a precursor to son- to uh, chemistry right. and wanted to make a manga about it. I have never read the manga. I've read a brief synopsis of it mm-hmm. and I've watched Brotherhood, which i'm told is
1: the better version of the anime
0: yeah because originally there's like an american version that didn't really follow the manga uh yeah i
1: thought just kind of or i believe i heard just kind of goes like off script
0: yeah and it just kind of does what it, and it becomes very anime-esque and that's what makes it definitely not as mm. good so, so they have this idea of equivalent exchange, which is probably the most concrete idea we will ever face inside of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds fair.
0: Yeah, inside of this podcast, it is the idea that you you cannot generate or destroy any matter or energy in the world. It, that is what yep, trash.
1: I like. Hey, we solved yeah. it. We got one. Yeah,
0: it's the <laughs> yeah easiest one. That's it. That's the podcast. We solved it.
1: <laughs> Thanks, folks.
0: But they do have some really very interesting ideas that come out of it because the idea is is that if you have this, you know, you cannot uh, uh, destroy or create an energy or matter. Mm-hmm. What about things that are kind of beyond that? And and it's it's highly existential in the idea of what is the value of a mm-hmm. human soul? Right. That's what the whole anime is based around. So there we go. The the first thing I should tell you is that in this in this. uh anime mm-hmm. the value of a human soul is really considered and we know this for, from canon to be uh more than a human body okay. and a human arm and leg plus a human arm and leg like whole body and another additional arm and leg. okay
1: it's more than that because of the uh because the armor boy get, and the auto male fellow
0: they don't get the soul entirely back is the idea okay so they just get bits so the, of it uh, pretty much, yeah. They create oh, that, what's called a ha- homunculi, and we'll explain that later. Okay, it's like great. a human being that isn't quite a human. Okay. Um. So here's the question. This actually, there's a, a Duncan McDougall experiment, 1907. Mm-hmm. I guy read oh. so much into this. Anyway, <laughs> he has a, a controversial experiment that nobody really agrees with. That, that he said, turned
1: a person into a dog.
0: No. But okay. maybe, I don't know, that might be a Duncan McDougall experiment. He said that the human body mm-hmm. weighed 21 grams. Because essentially, he added up everything that should have been the human body, uh-huh. and then was left with 21 grams left over. Oh, okay. how I understand the experiment. So All the right. question is, how can we explain a human soul?
1: It's that 21 leftover grams, clearly.
0: But are we saying it's like... Uh, is it a material?
1: Uh, it would is, are there atoms be something with mass, at least, according to so, that.
0: Are we saying that there's like a third kind of particle that is like a soul particle that uh-huh. has a certain amount of mass and collected, it forms a human soul? I mean,
1: like, I guess the question would be what form is it taking and does that align with our current definition of what a soul is?
0: uh that's a good point i would say that the form uh in the normal sense like it takes a shape mm-hmm. i would say that that is irrelevant for a, for a soul because obviously it doesn't have it would be something that i would say occupies mass mm-hmm. but does not occupy volume okay and that i think is consistent with how we see human souls now like if we were okay. to come up with like an actual material uh, obviously, yeah. fictional material, because we don't have... <laughs>
1: because we don't have, like, a fourth or fifth dimensional material that we can interact with, that we're aware
0: but of. Can we say that it exists in our dimension? Like, a normal material would be, but it wouldn't occupy mass. And and would that have... What, what, what would that create? That'd be weird. You know what?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What if we had... So, uh, we're assuming uh, a human soul... Also contains things like memories and personality. Okay. I think that that's pretty consistent. So, so what if a?
1: i uh, continue. I'm. You're just getting into. It is a brain.
0: It's beyond a brain because a brain is a physical. It occupies volume. That's the thing. Right. That's different. It has. It has physical. Uh, what do they call the things that mechanisms? Okay. <laughs> it has. It has. It has distinguishable mechanisms inside mm-hmm. of it. So, so what if a soul isn't actually like a brain, but instead it is... So there's a theory of... Old theory that I believe has been discredited, mm-hmm. but it is Likely. an interesting one. That gravity is actually leaking. It's not from our universe, and it's leaking into our universe from a different one, where it's mm-hmm. very normal force. And that's why it doesn't uh, operate like the other forces. Uh, This really isn't a uh, popular theory. Yeah,
1: no, it doesn't sound great.
0: But the idea is that if you can create pinholes to uh, other universes or other parts of universes that Mm -hmm. have different physical properties than ours. Maybe one of them is that all it does is it creates a copy of our physical existence in Mm -hmm. a way, like some parts of our physical existence, and then also re-emits them. So our continued existence is dependent upon this system mm-hmm. copying us and then remitting us at simultaneously, like a read-write system.
1: I lean more towards for the soul explanation how you tied it in with it has like memories and whatever that maybe it's a higher dimensional aspect of the brain that we can't directly observe.
0: I think that's better too, because we already have uh we already have an idea that we already operate at a higher dimension, like mm-hmm. we experience the fourth dimension, but we cannot move through it like we can a third right.
1: just the one way long as we actually away.
0: that would be really interesting because if you actually went to like uh the supposed fifth dimension mm-hmm. or actually yeah, you could see it not like the fifth, but the the Trouthamadorians from slaughterhouse nine (laughs) yeah Uh, i was gonna say but like if if it's like a a fourth dimensional thing that exists Mm -hmm. for the entire timeline of the physical body right that would make sense and that Mm -hmm. also explains another part of full metal alchemist
1: that they could go and pull the soul from a thing that doesn't exist now
0: and doing so actually uh unlocked what's called the gate of truth which is like this gate of knowledge that everything has even like planets and suns and so if you are a Trophamadorian, I'm just going to mm-hmm. use that because it's a good... If you haven't read Slaughterhouse-Nine... Uh,
1: you definitely um, should read it if you yeah, haven't. Pause this podcast, a- <laughs> come back in like a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not a long or complex novel, but it is very good. But if if you are like a Trophamadorian, you will gain the knowledge of the fourth dimension which is the knowledge of everything at one time like that would be impossible for a human to receive which is very similar to the experience people get when they get into the gate of truth okay yeah i i think that that so when
1: the body dies so it goes they just get access to like the fourth or fifth dimensional whatever because that's all that's left
0: To retrieve the body, you would actually have to enter the fourth dimension, which would reveal all of time to you, which would it flood you with information because suddenly you would have like all of the information right. you could ever have. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that separates information from other people is just time. This is also very cool because it wouldn't occupy space; it would only occupy time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so it would have an effect on gravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to einstein's it's kind of according, That's a bad interpretation of it. Uh, it's yeah, kind of to, <laughs> to Einstein's idea of gravity, where it's a, a warping of space time, but we are mm-hmm. only warping one of the four dimensions that create gravity. Right, and you get twenty one grand. I'm fine with that. That makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I'll accept that.
0: This was this is probably our or I think whatever our best solution.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think so. It's uh, definitely Air better time. than uh, terrifying some Octopus.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So now I guess actually, since we're talking about Mm. that. Oh, God. So, what happens when you create a human being and then you actually. So, there's something called the Philosopher's Stone in this universe, Mm -hmm. which is. Spoiler alert for everyone. It's it's people. Essentially, yeah. It's. It is. It's just guessing. It's soiling green for souls. You take people's souls and you essentially just rip them out. And what you get, once you get enough of them, you get a Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Philosopher's Stone allows you to betray the idea of equivalent exchange. We're not going to get to the betraying equivalent exchange yet. Because okay. Because that, that's a that.
1: natural progression in the conversation.
0: It's something that becomes so dense. That it it starts to take up space in the mm-hmm. third dimension. And that's what we would consider the philosopher's stuff. Right. And, and all it is is just a collection of this material, whatever it is, in the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. So if you feed that to the body that you have created to create, to resurrect a human being, which is what they're trying to do in the anime, they're trying okay. to resurrect their mother. Wait, I have you to f-
1: also create a bottle, a bottle, a body. They can't just yeah. like use one that's lying around.
0: Uh no, because they're children. They don't want to kill someone. So what they do is actually assemble all the chemicals required to build a body. Okay. And then they, you know, they they do. They put energy into
1: it and turn it into a body.
0: And they try to, but it doesn't. It doesn't work. Okay. But if you if you feed it these philosopher stones, they Mm -hmm. actually congeal inside of it and they form like a pseudo human. It's like a human that is immortal with. I want to say superpowers, but I want to put that in quotes because okay. I would like. I, I think they're not impossible powers. It's like the ability to stretch or the ability to like consume things very easily. So I want to know: Do you think it's possible if creating a human being would be possible? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'm kind fairly of certain creating a human being is possible.
0: You could also apply to it whatever materials and material-specific properties you mm-hmm. wanted to that creature. So, like, you could create proteins mm-hmm. that would, you know, spontaneously generate hydrofluor- hydrochloric acid. Okay. or and, and that would allow you to... I'm, I'm saying that. I know this is what human beings use to digest. And I'm trying to think <laughs> of a stronger acid and it's not coming to me right now. But uh, sulfuric acid, that's a stronger yeah. acid. So so let's say it has the ability to spontaneously create, not spontaneously but but as proteins to, to synthesize mm-hmm. sulfuric acid that instead of it salivating saliva like a human, it it salivates hydrofluoric acid and it allows it to eat almost anything. hmm
1: Are we just upgrading the acid over the course of this?
0: Uh no, I I'm sorry, I mean sulfuric. Sulfuric acid is what <laughs> I mean. Because I am bad at remembering my acids. <laughs>
1: Uh well, I mean that leads into a whole host of other issues, like how are you then like dealing with having sulfuric acid pouring into your mouth all of the time? but that's what I'm saying
0: like like it's at that point in time, it just becomes an engineering issue of how do you create a uh, plastic that can resist hydrofluoric, or, sorry or uh, sulfuric acid mm-hmm. Oh, or or and, at and that point like
1: time, that those are just the components that you would feed into your uh into like your equation your yeah. yeah
0: so i feel like that that like homunculi are possible because i'm like a lot of them they don't have they don't see through time are able to destroy worlds with just single words it's like i can grow my fingers really long and they're very spiky like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the anime a that's,
1: terribly <laughs> useful skill i'm sure
0: uh, no, Envy Envy is the best of all of the homunculi. And I've only mentioned two. Envy and, and uh, Hunger. Not Hunger. What's gluttony, I'm
1: guessing, if yeah. Envy is another one of the names. Yeah. Why gluttony, are they named? Uh, okay, I guess they're uh, named they, after they sins take for a names. reason.
0: They take the names, I believe, of the seven deadly sins themselves. They're actually just prideful, but...
1: Well, I mean, that would be one of them.
0: The reason Lucifer is synonymous with the devil is because Lucifer is the angel of pride and right. pride is seen as the uh, cause of the other six. Okay, I see. So and it's not just pride like I'm proud, it's it's putting yourself above God. Yeah, pride. That's that's how I have I have not studied Catholicism since I was six, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably. So
0: I feel like I feel like that so for tr- dealing with a, a system that is engineeringly mm-hmm powerful enough to create these kind of uh i'll just call i won't call them humans i'll call them automata okay that have yeah, like organic bodies that. they have the ability to produce proteins mm-hmm. so now i have to deal with chimeras in this game in this game anime
1: <laughs> this game that is anime yes
0: yeah and chimeras are the most depressing part of this game uh, i keep on saying game <laughs> you
1: really committed to the bit
0: i, I am <laughs> i'm not actually i'm just confused <laughs> So Chimeras are the most depressing part of this. Uh, if anyone who has not watched the anime, you don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, is...
1: Turn on uh, Adult Swim ever when it is uh, airing Fullmetal Alchemist. It's the that's... only episode they show.
0: It's because it is the most depressing thing <laughs> ever. Good question for you, being a mm-hmm. biologist. Right. Reason why I have you on the show.
1: For that one-off that you need <laughs> each episode. <laughs> the one token biology question
0: is there any particular problem with mashing together different creatures Uh,
1: different creatures i mean it happens we mash parts of creatures into other creatures cells (laughs) have yeah there's like
0: i guess you do like that pig heart transplant
1: right? well i mean not literally putting a pig heart into a thing but putting bioluminescence into other creatures um so stuff like that there's is, like is, cells like mitochondria and chloroplasts that are just like taken up by other cells
0: the problem i was seeing with this is if you were taking like let's say i don't know just for example a human uh, girl little baby girl uh-huh and, and a like dog, a dog maybe right yeah, <laughs> maybe and we wanted to combine them together
1: uh-huh you just mush uh, them real you, tight yeah real close yeah, uh, together
0: uh, so you're saying that there's like a, a genetic connection between the two. Right? Uh,
1: well, I mean, taking other ideas
0: I mean, it's that gotta we be have it's...
1: accepted earlier in the podcast is it could be some sort of mashing that higher dimensional element that is the soul and displacing a dog soul.
0: Oh, well, there's that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was actually referring more to not even think of the soul. Okay, let's think. Mm-hmm. If you took just somehow took human DNA, right, a dog DNA, and just like crisper crispered it together, right? CRISPR is the duct tape of genetics. Uh,
1: you're and, not terribly wrong. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, um. And we are there problems with like maybe the the like proteins that you get generated from that. Like, can you uh, only well, combine m- mammals together? Maybe. Because the very proteins that make up the muscles are different. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, like, it would depend on what material is being taken and at what point. Because, I mean, it would be the immune system that is rejecting, like, the dog leg that you sewed on.
0: Do you think that Chimera eventually get rejected host syndrome?
1: Uh, I mean... A rejected
0: I, transplant, whatever the, the correct terminology for that disease I is. suppose
1: depending on how it would work in-universe, like, could be a risk that happens. I mean, I've seen that one episode, and that dog child has been around for a minute, but like, I so, don't know sorry, we'll when it this. would start it, happening.
0: It exists into the later parts of the of the story. I do okay. believe so. What I'm saying is maybe you would avoid that if instead of taking the genetic material and mushing it together so that mm-hmm. every cell is generating proteins that are specific to both humans and dogs right. and is somehow bypassing the immune immune system's response to hey this is not a human protein this is a dog protein right what if instead assuming that it, well they're both animal cells that you Essentially just took the animal cells from humans and dogs, mm-hmm. blew them apart so that they're no longer connected to the other cells.
1: And then they had recombined.
0: And yeah, so you so the the whole cell is still the creature's cell. It just has a neighboring cell that is a dog cell.
1: Well, would it be that they are discreetly separate like that? Or
0: I would think that they would be uh, I'm, I'm offering up the idea that they might be discreetly separate I don't know what that would actually do I don't know if that would still cause the immune system response Um, because because yeah, you think I about know. it like the, the cells yeah that's a tough question is that the cells mm-hmm. are dispersed mm-hmm. throughout the human body but both cells are so anything that sees dog protein as a pathogen or as a toxin mm-hmm. it, its neighboring cell doesn't so it can't build up a response to it is what I would think
1: uh, well I mean I guess it like it depends how they would recombine. Though I lean towards the idea of whatever alchemy was done did not fuse the parts so much as use the bodies as components to create a third separate thing.
0: That makes sense, and so the reason it looks, you know, what I yeah okay, I understand what you're saying now. I think yeah. I think yeah. I think you are more correct. I think what it's doing is it's combining the the two, what we're saying is fourth dimensional souls. Mm -hmm. And we are essentially saying that the resulting physical shape is just because your starting material is, you know, a little girl and a dog. right? And so it's going to look like a little girl and a dog because you're not like going in and physically changing like giving it
1: it. different materials to use yeah
0: yeah yeah so you could like potentially create something completely different but it's a far easier thing just to come out with something that is just a mashup of the two okay Okay. that makes sense to me are we actually
1: kind of doing good on this episode like these are are starting to kind of make sense but i also might have been going mad these past few days so i don't know I think we're doing,
0: I think this is, keep in mind, this is should be our easiest episode because they already start with like an <laughs> actual existing law of nature. Um, so the next thing I kind of wanted to do was total pivot, kind mm-hmm. of. In this world, they have a level of robotics. Okay. I don't know how they have this level of robotics being just post-industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. But they have a truth of robotics. gate, or whatever
1: someone has seen into the future, and then maybe made the robotics
0: actually, that's not a bad idea that that the gate of truth actually showed them well then that solves that problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, so,
1: explain the rest of the problem, and then we'll just edit that part afterwards.
0: uh that's not the problem the The, the problem <laughs> is is that uh so so in this world, when the kind of main character, one of the main mm-hmm. characters. Uh, edward he loses an arm and a leg mm-hmm. and he shows up at his neighbor's house who is a auto mechanic auto mail is a uh essentially robotic prosthesis mm-hmm. that acts like your normal uh limb once you get it attached it's mm-hmm. all that's described about it is that it's made of uh, some type of metal okay. and that it is a highly painful process to connect and learn how to use which makes sense. I mean, that's that's true for almost all prosthetics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can robotics? This obviously doesn't exist nowadays because what the right. they're doing is they create a port and they lock that. They lock the the robotics into that. Port. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he has essentially so has like now a it's like a modular robot.
1: arm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's a modular arm and leg that could be detached and reattached. How do you make robotics that can communicate with the human nervous system? Mm-hmm. To be a fully functioning... Well,
1: myth. I mean, that's a problem that people are trying to solve today. actually solve today.
0: Let's just assume that we have the access to handwavium, the mystical material. Yeah,
1: okay. So we have access to handwavium slash alchemy slash philosopher's stones. Oh, no, no, no slash not, souls. not philosopher's
0: stone. Or souls. One thing I do like about this is that they seem to create... I would say it has to be a half-organic robotic. The port, that's just his shoulder, essentially, at this point. It has to have, a, essentially, fiber-optic cables. But instead of transmitting light, it can receive electrical signals and mm-hmm. carry them as if it were a nerve. Not okay. not like a nerve, but... That like is a, con-
1: a nerve. Yeah, I'm, like I'm it, trying to think of, someone. like...
0: It, but it isn't because nerves are, are, are both electrical and chemical. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that there isn't blood flow to a robotic arm. So you can't do like sodium, potassium, mm-hmm. gauge. Well, I
1: think mostly for like the arm part part isn't the interesting part in this discussion. It's the interface between the the socket and the human part. Yeah, I, so I agree. So there could be direct flow reaching that interface
0: so what if it's this i actually have an idea Mm -hmm. a little crazy so nerves are thick enough that you can actually see Mm -hmm. them what if just plug them in
1: like wires no
0: well i I don't think that'll work because you're you're not generating a very large electrical current Mm -hmm. with your nerves right like say even if you have gold Mm -hmm. wire you're still not going to be, you're, you're going to lose your signal as you go down the body. It's That's mm-hmm. not going to work. You would have to have an incredibly sensitive arm piece. And then every, every single time someone ran at you with a magnet and caused induction, <laughs> not only would you fry your brain, but your arm would go crazy. Right. So that is not an option. I would say not an option. Maybe it is for some people. Mm. I'm not, I'm not here to yuck nobody's yum. Maybe right. you like, maybe you like that. I would say the reason it's painful is that you have to take every single every single nerve cell, and at the end of it, you essentially have to cut the axon in half mm-hmm. so that you can still generate a electric charge. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the, the cell can do. Once you generate the charge, you stick a optic. What are those? What are, what are they called? Why can I remember that? What are the solar Fibrous. cells? What are they? Solar.
1: Electrovoltaic.
0: Uh, Yeah, essentially, electrovoltaic, Photic, not voltaic. Yes, so think of photovoltaic. That Mm -hmm. is what I'm thinking of. Yes. You attach a photovoltaic nerve Mm -hmm. and then you attach fiber optic cables. That's what's connecting the arm to the body. Mm -hmm. And the arm just must have its own
1: power source. Right, yeah. Like it would have to.
0: At that point, I would have to. I mean, like, there's no way you could... I mean, powering just metal itself, that's a big, heavy thing that takes yeah. way more than calories. Mm-hmm. Human bodies are light compared to metal, metal prosthesis. Arms. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that actually kind of works. Because yeah, what you I don't do is that with
1: that.
0: You would just have to have a sufficiently advanced knowledge, the human body and, mm-hmm. and how its nerves connect. However, maybe you don't. Because the learning curve for this is supposed to be like several years. Mm-hmm. And so it could be similar to... So,
1: yeah, you just have to retrain the human brain brain. entirely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like you were an infant, like learning how to control your different functions. Limbs, yeah. But without the addition of now you have this evolutionary ability to actually control your limbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that totally
1: works. Yeah, oh my gosh, no, that, that's fine. That's we good. We are doing... Such a good job. This is incredible. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I need
0: I need to look up another difficult thing. Yeah, I really don't have a, a difficult thing offhand that we should check. Uh, that is uh, pretty much everything. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, oh, no. Did you
1: remember one?
0: Yep, it was the last thing I wrote down.
1: <laughs> Just had to <sighs> scroll down a little bit. You sound really excited about this one, too. I was
0: so excited about it, because I was just looking forward. It totally wasn't something I was just going to throw in at the uh-huh.
1: end.
0: How do you explain immortality? So, I should explain this. In the anime, the main character's father is someone who is immortal, and he was made immortal mm-hmm. during the creation of a Philosopher's Stone. So, for some reason... Actually, we've already explained this. Wow, we are so good. <laughs> My voice, I I know I sound not excited about this. I am very excited about this. I just have that kind of voice. (laughs) A very (laughs) Um, flat voice. It's it's no inflection whatsoever. (laughs) You know, it's surprising I'm a podcaster. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The main character's father, Hohenheim of Light. Yeah, I know. Uh, That is
1: quite a name.
0: It is. He is an immortal. He was once a king of Babylonia kind of area. Okay. And and he was made immortal by his sorcerer, who was a person who had access to alchemy, who created a Philosopher's Stone. During the creation of the Philosopher's Stone, half the human souls go to the Philosopher's Stone. Half of them go to making him immortal. And he is just, like, stuck mm-hmm. on Earth in this—he's trapped just immortally. can't die. Yeah. The thing is, is that if what we're seeing—I would like to combine our theories of the human soul together, and maybe this breaks some stuff down— mm-hmm. If this fourth dimensional thing creation is the the life force, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that creates um, that creates humanity, that creates a human, mm-hmm. if if he's not actually immortal, but he has accumulated enough human lives that he is functionally immortal. okay, you know yeah, saying? no, that like,
1: doesn't seem like terribly too far off.
0: What human lifespan? Average lifespan, or sorry, not average total lifespan, a mm-hmm. hundred years, mm-hmm. and he, all he has to do is survive like ten thousand years to reach, which is beyond what I believe he actually has to survive.
1: Yeah, to like zero out whatever energy was yeah. input into, like yeah, to to run out of human him. life. Yeah. yeah.
0: So then he only has to be alive for what? Oh, uh, is that a hundred years? No. Yeah, he only has to no, kill a hundred people. Uh, okay. To, to Reach that. I'm gonna look this. I'm gonna do this. uh because I'm bad at math. Yeah,
1: like you're just moving a decimal over, aren't you?
0: I I believe I am, but so if he has to survive. uh divided by a hundred equals. Yeah, I am right. Okay, it is a yeah. hundred people he has to kill, and that's that is easily within the human population of a city. Mm-hmm. You know, ten thousand years yeah. ago. maybe not yeah, ten thousand years ago, but
1: there still was a large number of people. That oh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. They
1: could have easily taken one hundred eventually.
0: So he might be able to live for maybe a hundred thousand years, which to humanity, humans would be—I mean, that's functionally easy. immortal. That's, yeah, yeah. So that's what I would say. My gosh. Mm-hmm.
1: Now is he like immortal? Just, like just ageless, or can he like not be decapitated?
0: If I remember correctly, from Brotherhood, he. Mm-hmm is he can be decapitated and mm-hmm. his body is not immortal it's his life like he just can okay exist forever. Mm-hmm. there's also some weird stuff i don't know if this is from the american anime or from brotherhood but he like jumps bodies but that also kind of makes sense if you have like this fourth dimensional material that can move with a body right. i think that's not from Brotherhood. Okay. Yeah, so I'm say yeah if it isn't,
1: do you want to just disregard that? That's not do, part of the canon we're discussing? Okay. I
0: think it's just, he is functionally immortal. He can live for as long as he wants. Mm-hmm. But he can be killed. Okay. Yeah. And that's true for, like, Homunculi, too. And the reason Homunculi essentially are immortal which they kind of are in the in the anime, mm-hmm. is because they also have this just collection of human souls, but they can be killed when they are separated from those souls, actually. Mm. Wow, that works really well. That explains yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> this is probably our most successful episode.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: That's all I had, so... <laughs> Uh, like, really, thanks for listening, people who are listening yeah,
1: to Yeah, no, we, you, you were here. You watched us hit one, yeah. actually, finally. You
0: actually, it's true. You've made it to episode, what is this, six, I believe? Uh, maybe. Five or six. Sure. And, and you watched us. You you continue to listen to us through Battlestar Galactica, which was a rough episode. Yeah, that
1: was that was difficult. <laughs>
0: uh, but other than that, I think we're doing we're doing better. Actually, I think we're getting the hang of how to explain. Yeah,
1: we're we're really getting a grasp on how to properly use handwavium.
0: Exactly the the mystical material. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this should like and subscribe us on itunes it helps us a oh, lot those make sense.
1: yeah comment tell everyone yeah. about how great we did this one time
0: it it, it it really does help us because me and jeff don't like social media and we don't even use our facebook's that we do yep. have so and we would like to continue to not use our social media to advertise this show so if you have a coworker <laughs> like i did and you're like hey you should listen to this <laughs> thanks for listening yeah,
1: thanks for coming
0: Our theme music was created by Joe Sobchak, a good friend of mine, very good musician, lives in Boston right now. And I do all the editing for this podcast, which is a lot of
1: work. And I co-host. Here you go. (laughs) My name is Simon Kozy. I'm Chef Conrad.